Today's gospel is powerful and penetrating. It jolts us into thinking what it might mean. And rather than first jumping into the parable itself and discussing what it has to say, I'd like to begin by inviting you to look at yourself and discover the reaction that you had when you heard this parable being told or this story being told. What does the word of God do to you when you hear a word like this? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your reactions to this story? We had a little taste of that on Wednesday night in our Bible class because folks shared what I've heard people share about this story my entire ministry. Uh, one of the most widespread responses to this story is one of guilt and shame. When Jesus talks about the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the imprisoned, and the sick, we are immediately reminded of the many times we have failed to do the clear and responsible thing. And so we feel guilty about it. We have shame because we have failed. Now, that's not necessarily a bad reaction because a sense of guilt is better than having no reaction at all to this teaching of Jesus. The guilt might lead us to a deeper understanding of the problems around us and help give us an awareness of falling short of what our faith requires us to do. Guilt can be an eye-opener. It is a way in which God enables us to see reality and it shakes a comfortable complacency out of us in our Christian lives. With the Apostle Paul, we need to recognize that we have to struggle not only against the forces of the outside, but the forces within ourselves. Remember when Paul says, the good that I would, I do not, and the evil that I would avoid, that I do. What we are struggling with in our lives is not some imaginary force or fairy tale sort of thing. We struggle against the very power of darkness itself. Once we have reached that moment of truth in our lives that some changes might need to be made, we have some very important decisions to make. In response, we'll think something like this. And I can read your minds because you're thinking, next time I'm gonna try a little harder or I'm gonna donate this Christmas to the World Hunger Appeal or to the Good Gifts Program. And that sick neighbor across the street I'm going to send a card right away, maybe this afternoon. So as good as those responses are, the issue is 
that we begin to attempt to make Christianity a religion of greater effort. More prayer, more money, more time. But we know the outcome of that, don't we? Soon we become too busy with work, family, and other things. We become distracted again. We feel guilty again. And we start the whole cycle all over again. Simply to call on our own power is not much of a powerful presence in our lives, is it? So the big question is, why did Jesus even tell us this story? His ultimate purpose was to enable us to see him. The parable really doesn't have anything to do with our efforts, but rather with our relationship with Jesus Christ. In this parable, God reveals the great mystery of Christ's love and presence with us. And on this festival of the reign of Christ, we celebrate the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our world and in our life. But he's not some distant regent who sits in the heavens and looks down on his struggling children. Rather, he is the king among us who has taught us this. Inasmuch as you do it to the least of these, you are doing it to me. This parable reveals the intensity and power of the love of Jesus Christ. In grace, he made himself one with hunger and thirst, our own imprisonment and loneliness and emptiness and sickness and not just our physical maladies that we see or experience, our spiritual ones as well. These are but reflections of the deeper emptiness, hunger, restlessness, and imprisonment that torments our souls. And it is when we are suddenly confronted with our hunger, our thirst, our imprisonment, our disease, our bondage, that we hear the good news that it is to us that Christ comes. It is in us that Christ makes his home. It is through us that Christ heals the world. Christ has chosen to live in us and with us and through us. Therefore, when we look in the mirror, we see more than a hungry, tired, harassed human being. We see a child of God in whom, by the grace of God, God has chosen to live. The awareness of Christ's living presence gives new meaning to our tasks and new energy, hopefully, to our lives. When I supervised interns, quite a few years ago, one of my assignments for them was to keep better track of their time. For two weeks, they needed to record in 15 minute blocks, everything that they were doing. At the end of the day, they would categorize all of their activities and analyze how they were spending their time. 
they were always amazed at how much time they were spending in religious activities, but learned that rarely in their time were they actually spending time in prayer and meditation. So the next two weeks they had to do the same, but with the sensibility of taking the time to be in relationship with Christ and with others connected to them in Christ. When they counted up their time, they saw things differently. And it was a valuable exercise. So the question is, is it possible for an individual or for a congregation to be so busy with many activities, many programs, many projects, yet we never get down to the real issues of life or death for our relationship with Jesus Christ. This parable brings us back again to the profound mystery of Christ being in us intensely. The mystery crowns our ordinary tasks and fills them with new meaning. Christ in us comes in touch with Christ in others. And the secret of meaningful living is shown to us once again. It points the way to the possibility which is ours in Christ, which is to serve Christ always, directly and intimately. We are not to run away from the world. We are not to turn our backs on human need. Rather, we can immerse ourselves in the hunger, the thirst, loneliness and pain of the people around us, we can see in their faces the needs of Jesus Christ himself. To feed the hungry and visit prisoners is not some contract that we work out with God to make us more like God. It is not a terrified scurrying because we fear God's punishment. It is simply the joyful discovery of what it means to finally and once again be alive in Christ. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying with Christ that we are born to eternal life. Amen.